color. If you want to slim the face, you want it dark around the face. If you want to widen the face, you want it wide around the face. There are certain rules that can't be broken, but between the rules, everything is possible. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a brown. My only choice of color around my face is not blonde. It could be a gold, it could be a red, anything that falls uh, lighter than the, the level five. If you want to go dark, does it necessarily have to be brown to go dark? It can be blue, it can be purple, uh, like an eggplant purple, different things like that. So I read the second paragraph. Scientifically, scientifically created. Yes, by chemicals. Yeah. Chemicals. <laughs> Anytime you see the word synthetic, they chemically induced. Okay. Most of the time it's a chemically induced plastic, but that is not always true. When you have a synthetic dye and you break it open, you don't know which chemical it's exposing first, last, because you're not a scientist. Unless you can watch it under a microscope, there's no way to tell. So you got about 30% control coloring hair. But don't tell your client that. They think you have 100% control. 30% of control is not a lot. So therefore, you got to learn color correction and how to fix anything that you create or how to control what you have created in order to be doing hair color. By the time you have 30% at each level, then you have 30% at hair color. Uh, Matrix is going to come and do a color correction. If the book says red eliminates green, that is fact. It's not going to be uh, done any other way than to put green on it. But what m most people uh, don't realize If you've got a level green and it's a seven, it's going to take a seven or a six to fix it. If you've got a light green and it's a ten, it's going to take a ten or a nine to fix it. A lot of people are afraid of green, so when they've got red and it's you know orangey like here, they want to go and get a little bit of green. That won't fix it. You got to go straight up and get the green that's going to be the same level because then you have the same fight for the same control for power, and that green will win. Uh, filling. Jay mentioned a tent back. Same way. If you're wanting to go to a level seven and you've got to fill it with a level seven red, you've got to put it on there and turn it the ugliest shade of orange that it can possibly be before you took the brown on it and have a heaven sent brown. Those laws can't be broke. 
they're facts. They're the scientific facts of how it works. So keep that in mind as you go. Uh, it says temporary by adding pigment that shampoo shampoos out. This means it is a non-oxidative color. It goes nowhere. Does everybody know what oxidation is? It's caused by heat, water, and air. It will, it's like blowing bubbles or the suds in your shampoo. Once that oxidation process happens, it becomes something else. If you're using temporary or semi, it's non-oxidative, which means it just lays dormant on the hair shaft. Number one thing you've got to learn about hair coloring is what the products are going to do when you expose them to the hair and how they're going to act on the hair. Because <coughs> you may understand the levels, you may understand what cancels what out, but if you're picking the wrong thing out of the cabinet, it ain't going to work. Thank you. Permanent hair color, on the other hand, is an oxidative hair color. If it's timed for 35 minutes, the first 10, 15 minutes, it's opening up the cuticle and it's doing one oxidation process. Mm -hmm. And then it takes from 15 to 35, which is usually about 20 minutes, to close that cuticle and do another oxidation. Okay, so the bubbles fizz out. So I put pouring peroxide on a cut. When it first happens, it's got a lot of bubbles and then it fizzes out to where it has nothing. If you cut time in either portion, then you don't come out with the hair color that you wanted. Or if you happen to get it, it won't last. Because as soon as they start shampooing it, as soon as they're out in the sun, as soon as they're out in the wind, the cuticles will open back up and they're gonna lose the hair color. Okay? Look over on the next page. What is color wheel? Give me a highlight. I got one in my purse. <laughs> What'd she say? Every color you pick, every color book you pick up is going to have a color wheel. They'll give you a little cheat sheet of what works with what, tell, telling you what line. The closer it gets to the center, as far as your numbers, the stronger of each color that it is. This is the part that's going to tell you what basis is in what color, and your base is your, uh, it's like you. And then the additive color is like you carrying around your pop stuff. It's just up there. Okay? So your base is going to uh, get in the hair, stick the longest, and then your tonal value will be that little bit of color that's induced with the base. Anytime you look at a color swatch up here at the top, they're usually going to give you your bases and your natural colors or your reflective colors. Okay, some of them will even give you a strip and show you how on different levels it will act. If you want to use a color and it's not on here, say we needed a level seven, seven's not on here. How are you, how are we going to get a seven? Mix two colors. Mix six and eight equal parts and you will get a seven. Also, if it is absent, it's not recommended. Okay, so you should go somewhere else in the book and find what sevens are recommended and you're going to get a better color than if you had to mix the two and choose. So on your color theory, they are the same and that's why the books are provided. The books are not provided for you to hand them to your client and them to pick out a color that they want. 
usually pictures are more, uh, they're better for that. And then you can talk to them about what color they're seeing in the picture that they like, because these colors that's in this book are for you. I like to uh, use a little iPad or my phone, pull up different pictures. But if anybody's ever took Photoshop or anything like that, most pictures aren't real. They've got a lot that's reflecting back, but you can still get a better idea than what you can in the book as far as the color that a client wants to see. Do they give you those books, or do we, you have to pay for those books? You have to pay for them unless you invest in the uh, $1,500 to $3,000 line, and then they provide them for you. No. So they want you to spend fifteen hundred or three thousand dollars into their brand, and then they'll give you a color book. They don't give it to you just to be giving it to you, but if you buy that much color, you're going to need the book. Or if you're just going and buying twenty dollars worth of their color, you don't really need the book. You can buy the individual swatches that go in the book separate without having to buy the book. Books fifty to hundred bucks. Now, not all of the colors that these lines have are in this book. The one on the door frame is new. It'll have some colors that these books don't have. You ought to be able to use that piece of paper on that door same way you can a color book, okay? Even though it's on paper form. And there's little cheat sheets at the bottom because sometimes it'll tell you what to use. Somebody read that first paragraph under what is color? Sorry. Color is a phenomenon of light. In other words, without light, there would be no color. Isaac Newton discovered the fact, this fact in 1676 when he passed white light through a prism and found that the light broke out into continuous bands of coloring ranging from red to orange to yellow, then green to blue to indigo and violet. Okay, so your cool tones that are at the bottom of the rainbow are the hardest to see, even in a rainbow. They're the smallest, they're the hardest to see. Anytime you're in natural light, you're going to expose the red, orange, and yellow. So, you can have one if you need them. I was just wondering if Maddie got here yet. That's fine. Yeah, they're done. Yeah, they're done. They're done. Okay. These lots up here, all of these are for us. <laughs> bulbs, which means they give off a cool tone. That's not always like it, it's just cheapest ones to buy. If these bulbs were done correctly, one of them would look yellow, one of them would look green, and then the other one would look pink, which is red, and then it would be by a green one and they would be mixed. Same way when you go to a funeral home, they've got a red, yellow, and a blue light over the casket to make the person look normal. Oh, it's I never noticed makeup. that. They have lights over the casket that produces a natural light. Yeah, I've seen lights, but I didn't never notice that they were green, red, and yellow. Because when my aunt passed away, there was nothing they could do to make her look good. It was oh, terrible. yellow and blue, I'm sorry. Now, oh, most of y'all have already thought. learned that when you go outside, your hair color looks more vibrant, correct? Inside, it's harder to see. And it's because of the lights you're working. I had probably been a hairdresser two years before I realized that lights had anything to do with it. And I'd noticed that people was one color, and then when I'd see them walk into their car, I was like, boy, that's a little louder. You know, I need to fix that. Ask that person where they spend their time, because if they're not looking at their hair color outside in a mirror, 
then it doesn't need to be the right color outside in America. If they're working under fluorescent lights, you've got to watch that green hue because it will dull your color down. And if that's where they want to see their hair color, then you've got to work with that green hue. Now somebody that wants to be good in all lighting needs to be a natural color. Okay? Because that's the only one that's even going to look close. Um, next paragraph talks about electromagnetic waves called wavelengths. That's the distance between the light rays. Through that distance, you will pick up prisms of color and nine times out of ten will reflect all, just like uh, the rainbow. But there again, the cool colors are going to be last and the warm colors are going to be your, the ones you're going to have to control and fight. Okay? The speed in which that light hits the hair will decide the reflection of what is reflected. So if it hits it real fast, you're going to get all the warm tones. If it stays on it for a little bit, then you start to see the cool tones. Does that make sense? Good morning. You haven't been in here in a minute. You are fake. Somebody read the paragraph under law of color. As a hair colorist, you will recommend hair color options for your client. In order to do this, you will first need to become familiar with the law of, co law of color. The law of color states that out of all the colors in the universe, only yellow, red, and blue called primary colors are pure. That means they cannot be created by mixing together any other colors. Instead, when they are mixed together in varying proportions, these primary colors create all other colors. Okay, you can buy colors and their bases are red, yellow, blue. Then you can buy colors that have blended bases. Uh, Joyco is blended bases on blue, yellow, and green. Matrix is blended colors on red, orange, and yellow. Right off the bat, what does that tell you? One's warm colors and one's cool. So if you're wanting somebody that's wanting a warm color, go grab the Matrix. Easy. If you're wanting somebody that's fighting it, go grab the joint color. All lines have pure tone and blended base colors within their line. You do not have to use separate lines. If you wanted just to use matrix, Logix is their pure tone base. Okay. Um, if you wanted to use Joyco, their luminous in a bottle, which is liquid color, is their pure tones. Does that make sense? So you got to know what you're using, why you're using it, why you're buying it, what's it going to do, and why do I need all on my shelf. Okay. I like pure tone colors, but they're harder to create, but you have more color and more control of the color. It seems to last longer, and once you get it right, it is your better colors. The blended bases, for one week they're one color, the second week a shampoo and they're another color, the third week they're another color, and it is a process of lightening, and it lightens from orange or red to yellow. And it seems to stay the longest in the orange shades, which most people are fighting. You'll very seldom have somebody come in and say, yeah, I want some orange in it. <laughs> it just don't happen. But now if you've got a natural redhead coming in, you've got to start with that orange base for it to hold because it stays there the longest. Okay. Uh, somebody read that next paragraph. Would two out of the three primary, oh, is this the one? Yep. 
When two out of the three primary colors are mixed in varying proportions, they produce three secondary colors, orange, green, and violet. Orange contains a varying amounts of red and yellow. Green contains varying proportions of blue and yellow. And violet contains varying proportions of red and blue. Okay, so in Joyco, speaking that they're in series, is on the bottom part of the rainbow, the full colors, they tell you which one's in the base and which one's represented by the little dot. This is the reflected colors. So if you're going to use this on somebody and they're blonde, this is going to be the reflected tone. And that's supposed to be muddy gray. If they're, if you use a purple, then they're going to start seeing some blue in the bottom of their hair. Did you grab your strong one? Mm -hmm. Hair dry. It's dry. And when you get over here, these don't have a base. They're not represented by the dot. So then you gotta go to the top of the page and the first letter is always the base. Okay. What is that? I can't read this. Anymore. I can't see it. Let me. N A and N G. <coughs> so M means it's got a natural <coughs> base, which has red, yellow, and blue. And then G means it's got a little extra gold, so it's going to reflect gold. So it tells you at the top of the page what you're working with. All books do that. That's why you need these books. Look over at the color wheel. It says the name of a color, also referred to a tone or a hue, is identified by its position on the wheel. The tone of the hair color can be can be described warm, cool, or natural. That question, when asked on any test and on the paper I'm going to give you this week, is seldom missed because of the way it is worded. When you pay and you go to a color class or when that lady comes and she's talking about color correction, she's going to speak in those words because at 30% control, all you have is tones and hues. Those tones and hues will fall in the category of warm, cool, or natural. Does that make sense? Neutral. Neutral. Natural, neutral. Neutral and natural are the same thing. Okay, it means they have no reflective color to them. They're either neutral or natural. Look over on 496. Somebody read cool, warm and cool colors. Somebody ain't read on the color wheel, colors can be classified as either warm colors, which is tones, or cool colored tones. Warm colors generally fall into the yellow, orange, and red half of the color wheel. Think of a sunset. While cool colors generally fall into the blue, greens, and violets, think of a mountain lake. Yellow, green, and red violet can be considered either warm or cool, depending on whether there's more pigment from cool side of a color wheel or the warm side. Skin tones are also classified into these two categories. You can determine whether a person is in the warm or cool category by the person's skin and hair color. For example, if someone is classified warm, this means his or her color falls into the yellow, red, and orange category. You would normally keep the hair color in the same range. The same would be true with a client who has cool undertones. Hair colors that lack warm tones would complement these skin tones. Okay, when buying makeup, you got beige, warm, suntan, 
ivory, you've got words that represent the same color wheel. If you are ivory and you put suntan on you, what do you look? Dirty. Dirty, orange. Yeah. Same thing with hair color. If they are wearing beige makeup, you want to stay in those beige categories of hair color because it neutralizes them to what they want to see. But it's only in a natural level. Some people want contrast. Some people will buy darker makeup to become <coughs> darker, so therefore they usually want warmer hair color. And some people who have warmer tones in their skin buy lighter makeup to even them out, so therefore they tend to be on the lighter shades of hair color. All of, all of your client consultation does not need to be about, this is the hair color I want, this is the hair color I was. You gotta go a little more and look at their skin tone and make notes, not questions your client is going to answer, but just simply ask them. When you buy makeup, what category of color do you buy it in? They will tell you. Yeah, right off the top, does anybody know what 503 means? Or 513? That means that's where your warm starts in any color line. If it's got a five and a three, because of what Jillian said, level five holds red, that's where the warm starts. Now the next color influence that you've got to talk to the client about that they don't recognize is the color on the inside of the eyes. If everybody's got blue eyes, some people's got yellow flakes, some people's got gray flakes, some people's got green flakes, and this is what you are going to either contrast or make vibrant, okay? Going by the color of the eyes. Turn around, look at your neighbor and see what they got on the inside of their eyes. Brown people, same way. They either got yellow or red Good or green flakes in their brown. <coughs> brown is brown. <laughs> no, brown is not brown. It's either got yellow, red, or green in it. No. <laughs> I'm trying to see. If you can't it's see like it, a, it's shot a flashlight. Oh, okay. Because it looks like. Oh. Oh, let's see if I can flash it. It just looks like a icy blue. Yeah. Now some color classes you will go to, they will talk about color, talking about the flakes in the eyes and the skin tones versus hues and tones that are reflected by light. The skin and the eyes absorb and light bounces back or reflects color. That makes sense? That's a lot to consume. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've read this chapter. I can tell you I've been a hairstylist for probably about five years before I read it. Okay? But I'm going to ask you, and I've never asked you to read a chapter, but the pages okay. that we've went over today, sometime when you are alone and can read it, read it. If you've got questions, write them down because this is where it all starts. If you're not getting it in the beginning and knowing how uh, hues, tones, reflecting, absorbing, all of that's working about hair color, you're not going to be a colorist that's going to make over 50000 a year. You're going to be a stylist that makes under 50000 and most of your clients will at some time or another buy Walmart hair color and do it themselves because you're not all that great. They will mainly keep you for maintenance and the fact that you can apply it quicker than they can. So you got to decide where you want to be.
and read those pages. And I just read this chapter once. Since I figured out I had to read it to understand it, I have read it multiple times. And even right now, I could probably sit down and read it again and pick out one thing that I maybe didn't get all the other times I've read it. And I kept my book in my station after I did read it because I couldn't remember it all. So when I had nobody to tell me, oh, you might want to use this color, it'll work okay. And I had to figure out for myself, I'm sweating going, okay, the book says five, we'll do this. And at some point you really got to trust it. Okay. We're done for today. Let's start back to you. I want you to read it. You can take 